0: season two of the Run Culture podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It will be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Down by the
0: water
1: Down by the water
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture podcast this is becoming quite a frequent uh, combo. I'm chatting to Pete, fresh off his uh, World Cross Country Golden Ticket Race run and off his 5K PB the other week. Uh, welcome to the show, Pete.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back for another another chat. Yeah.
0: No, it's, um, you keep doing something in training or running that makes us go, oh, yeah, maybe we'll do another episode.
1: Yeah, it seems to be a growing trend. I, uh, I keep running well and, and keep after to do another episode to... another update
0: so last episode uh whoever
1: listened will realize that
0: you had the 5k coming up and you're fresh off falls creek training and you're feeling really good about it you did two bays and uh you felt like your mind was in a good spot coming off falls and everything you learned outside of running um and everything that you've been working on uh how did the 5k go
1: yeah, so like you said, we, last we spoke about it, the five K was coming up, so I think we were I think we we're about ten days out from memory from the five K. And yeah, this was definitely the race of the of my season. I think I think everything was building up to this and um, yeah, the five K went well. Better I'd like to say better than expected, but I, I think I I think I believed in the result and we just executed it.
0: Yeah, well, it was, um, I'm not lying when I said it was one of the best races I've uh, watched um, for a while, and I, I mean, I was passionately invested in your your um, result, and but just seeing you run the PB that you en- ended up running, and seeing how competitive you were in the race, and seeing how you finished the race, they were all things that I've never seen you do before, so um, it was like, such a culmination of the last couple of years of everything that you've been working on and I think that's why a lot of people in the squad and a lot of people that know you got really right around your result and um, yeah we're definitely standing up watching the live stream like I was 30 centimeters from the screen like yelling at the yelling at the screen and I, th- and I wasn't alone there was a lot of people uh, that were super excited for you on that night
1: yeah, so it definitely, it was definitely a good feeling to finally feel like I uh, nailed a five k. And honestly, I don't think there was. It was hard to find a negative about that race. There was so many, so many positives. Um, like big PB. I like running fourteen fifty eight, breaking fifteen minutes for the first time, and truly believing that it was possible to chase it because it's hard looking at that paper to go, all right, let's try and take twenty plus seconds off and. Which, over 5k, 4 seconds a k, like a massive thing to try and chase. and I felt like I had the whole squad behind me believing that, just go chase it. And yeah, we did. Well, I, th-
0: I think um, you asked me in a roundabout way, oh, what do you think I uh, I can do or should do? And I was like, oh, I don't know, 15, 10, I'd, I reckon you, you've you shown signs in training. You d- did a quarter session um, a couple of weeks before it, which indicated that you're in pretty good shape and I thought yeah 15-10 that's the next logical step like that's just a you know like I I think you can do that and then you went on and and uh superseded that by a lot so um yeah I mean what were you actually aiming for when you stood on the start line
1: well originally because last podcast episode I didn't really put a time onto it but in my head I thought 14.54 14.54 was doable yeah. and I remember saying that to Oli like, it, it looks simple on paper it's 72's all the way until one life to go and then close as hard as I can and close the same as I have the last three races and I'll get I'll run it and it pretty much worked out like that we just I felt relaxed the whole race and just kept ticking the laps off and 72's 73's thereabouts and then yeah, we, we closed in one oh six for the last lap and finished second. So I've never
0: seen you close like that. If um, uh, everyone was to go back to your previous 5K best, which was earlier in the season in November, which is a great run in itself, but uh, you were with the lead pack for a fair majority of the race, and then it came to the last kilometre, and that's where you faded a little bit. Like, granted, that was your first... You know it started the track season first real track season for a couple of years and and off a, a long long gradual build um what what why do you think this one you're able to finish
1: well i i think everything we've done this year has been very calculated and we're very thought out and i remember after that on after the 15 22 I ran in november i thought that race was winnable i just need to find those extra gears, i need that top end speed and i can win that race because i the beliefs there and the fitness is still there but it's just i didn't have the legs to finish so working on the speed side of things gave that extra layer of confidence then another extra layer of fitness and then it's just the perfect combination of really believing that i'm in a spot where let's throw everything at it and see what we can, what we can do
0: yeah, I think it's, it's it's funny when you look back on it, it's not like we definitely knew, you know, like it's and that's running for you. Like, I think there's no definites. You just got to keep trying. And this is one of the seasons where you you just got it right and you were due. <laughs> um, and I think you've tried a lot of different ways and and we've learned because of that. So I think, um, yeah, we're really slow with your volume for the whole year and just gradually, gradually go, OK, yep, tick. Tick, and you gradually did a little bit more um whether we allowed you just to do a little bit more monday and friday um you add falls creek on top of that you add like suddenly doing two bays on top of that um and you add like a few more races over the 1500 and a few more track workouts and um, staying injury free for a certain amount of time uh working on your strength and working on your mechanics uh you've been really conscious of eating well um as well uh there was so many moving parts like it's it's hard to like single out one thing but i just say that like sometimes it just seems like um uh you're never going to do a result like that and then some sometimes you just sort of get like a glimmer of hope and you start to like um things start to click um and we certainly had a season like that for you
1: yeah and i definitely feel like just each race has gotten me what i needed for the next race and i think that's not not looking negatively at any results definitely helped it's like all right this race is where we are now but this is going to be helpful for that next race in three weeks and then we just build on that one and then just so i've done probably six seven races in the season and each one's just gotten a little bit better because of the previous one
0: yeah there was yeah that's really well said i think um having stepping stone races and it's not be all and end all straight away in your first race and um and you know i mean you can make it like that and if the results doesn't happen then it's good to like just go okay well i obviously need to improve something and then you sort of reflect and and work on stuff um but i I think uh that even goes quite neatly to i will talk more about the race but like even now like when we discuss like oh what should you do after the race um i think we had a similar kind of conversation like it's easy to get excited after a race like that and then want to do race after race race after race and make the most of your purple patch but i feel like uh we're being quite logical with um the rest of the off season
1: yeah and that's definitely it was definitely something to look at and i had races definitely earmarked it but it was more if it didn't go how we wanted it to i would Probably try and fit in another 5k or something, but I think running such a big PB and breaking 15 minutes, I don't think anything after that would whip up to that.
0: And yeah, like I said, it's like that was pretty much your Olympics for this season. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: It was like, plus, well, I feel like I raced it like because I remember saying to some of the other guys, I raced it like I wouldn't do another race for the whole rest of the season that year. It was like a mindset of we're given a hundred percent and there's gonna be nothing for another race. Yeah. So it was almost like when we did it, it's like, well, I don't need to, and I don't think I can get excited to try and because running fourteen fifty three or something and trying and take off a few more seconds would probably take way too much out of me, and the likelihood of me running fifteen twenty just because of being tired would be pretty pretty likely to happen hundred percent like you even
0: noticed that like the week to 10 days after um, you, you felt like um, yeah, you're quite tired in, in a few of the sessions. Yeah, yeah.
1: and that was, uh, it was, you, like you said, it was like I ran my Olympics in the sense that trying to get excited to come back and do the work and like, all right, now we got to try and run like 1450 and it's like, it's just a mental drain. It was just hard to get up to try and run a hard session again. So like for anyone who watched the race, like you look
0: so, um, uh, uh, focused out there in that race and like, um, so, so intent on, like you were just in the race, you were, um, really trying to race to win. You could tell, and you're putting covering every move. You're putting yourself in great positions. Um, you couldn't, like you said, you couldn't have raced it any better. You're on the rail, you kept covering moves, and you're just there right until the end. Um, and, you know, even down the home straight, like, you had another gear. You relaxed and you didn't tense up too much. I think, was it Craig Appleby who shouted out to you, relax those shoulders? Yeah, relax yeah. and go
1: is what he yeah. told me with 200 to go, and it, it definitely helped.
0: Yeah. Like, how did you get yourself into that mindset? Um, uh like or it was that just a culmination of a couple of years of injury and you're like oh, finally I, I, I feel like you know this is this is my time in the sun
1: well I, I think it was part of it was um, just knowing what the moment was in the sense of like we might not get this moment again and I think that's how I've done the, all my races this year it's like let's run with everything let's be focused driven let's be smart as well out there because the opportunity like this to run fast when i'm fit healthy and everything's going well is not potentially not always there so i think it was important to really lock in and just be focused on everything be aware of everything in the moment of how the race was unfolding people making moves how i was feeling just kind of take everything in and try and run a full complete race yeah i mean
0: uh yeah like if anyone watched your 1500s this season every race you've you've just made every poster winner um you're such a gritty performer and you um just you can tell you you wear your heart on the sleeve and you give it everything out there i feel like that's almost another reason why i feel like your season's just about done because um yeah you can't race like that a lot (laughs) like like it it takes a lot out of you like mentally and physically
1: yeah and like like i jokingly said to bevan each race i've done i've seen to line the track (laughs) longer afterwards which just means i've got less and less left to give afterwards yeah it means i'm getting more and more fatigued and mentally just exhausted racing like that and
0: um, like just on our pre-podcast notes, you wrote, um, uh, you realized that you didn't have to, uh, crush workouts in the lead up to the race to be ready to race. Um, yeah. What, what, have, what have you realized in this, this, um, kind of dot point?
1: Well, it's like, if you look at the training leading up to it on Strava, there's no, there's no like flashy workouts where it's like, you know, it's not like we did five by K in like two fifty fives or sub threes and was like, wow, alright, you're ready. It was like, all right, we did a good quarter session where I ran um, under fifteen twenty the quarters, which suggests that I'm in fifteen fifteen shape. But besides that there was a lot of oh that was that was a good workout. That workout was okay. And just it was all about just getting enough done. So if someone looked at it on paper it'd be like he's in P V shape but like he, it doesn't look like he's going to run something like fourteen fifties. Yeah. so it just shows that you don't always have to nail everything and be in like 15 minute shape or whether it's like 20 minute 5k pv shape you don't have to always look like you're in that shape to chase it
0: yeah i think that's a really good point um i see that time and time again in the clinic when i'm treating runners um they're always trying to prove their fitness like nearly every run like there's there's a lot of runners where they're low on confidence and they just need to try to prove that they're fit almost like um they're and, and that's just like uh risky running because um, you're always training so close to that line of um yeah um of injury and and um, uh over overreaching so yeah to know that it's a, a long long term game it's a patience game distance running and it's it's just stacking those little bricks each session from a long way out like it's it's what you've done the last 12 months not what you've done the last 12 days
1: and i think it it's about believing in the people around you as well i like yeah. like everyone in the group and yourself yeah. said you don't have to smash yourself like you're already there yeah just get the work done and just wait out the days and yeah. you're gonna run quick yeah but if you try and do a bit more and try and get a bit more out of it like each day you're just going to get further and further away from running well yeah i mean
0: i've I've done that um a few times in a marathon like in a marathon you're always a bit unsure whether you've done the work because it's really hard to know because you can't really do a marathon in training all out because otherwise you've run your race that day and um so you always when you stand on the start line everyone's a bit unsure everyone's like oh have i done enough and that's one of the traps because you always keep just going, oh, I'll just do a little bit more. I'll just do a little bit more. And, and often people run their race um, in training a few weeks out from race day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really good um, uh, message and I can see that you're, um, you understand that message. You understand that message, Jess understands it, Bevan understands it uh quite a few guys of the group really un- have bought into it and understand it i can see the pressure's just off in workouts you're not feeling like you have to race it on and nail every session you just know the purpose of the workout you know it's a holistic bigger approach than just one workout um and so it's a really good um mature uh way to understand running because it leads to more consistency over time um, and you, you're more likely to reach your potential because you're going to uh, have the energy on race day uh, rather than waste it on training. Um, and you're more likely to um, uh, not overtrain and get injured.
1: Yeah, exactly. Consistency is definitely key. And knowing which workouts are the ones that try and give a bit more. and The whole like A, B, C kind of grade of workouts is something that's an interest in like concept of knowing which ones are the real important ones to get right and the ones that it's okay if things don't go to plan or you have to shorten the session and just get get the quality working
0: yeah i think um you did that really well this year because you know we took the pressure off on that third workout you're like you just turn up just do what you can Uh, you don't need to be nailing that one to go well and um so you turned up you treated it like a A C or d grade workout like it was just a run really um and it was just to see everyone and just be a part of it but you really took the pressure off and then you didn't overthink it or read into the performance of that workout you just go "Ah, i just turned my legs over and that's the point of it and so then tick you know you you've achieved what you wanted that workout so knowing the purpose of each training session before you do it is so important and um i can really see you you know you're you starting to understand that um you i don't know like you probably want to talk more about the 5k and maybe the keys to to, to the result but i also want to talk about uh world cross as well um uh i just want to say one thing before world cross which just happened the the golden ticket race and you've just come back from a road trip with the other hours yeah um uh, you did a taper session like two, three days out and you sent through the session to me um, and then but you had the flexibility to go nah like on the day you go nah that, that's enough and you did two reps of initially what you had is like three or four reps and you had potentially maybe jog recovery instead of like uh, standing recovery so you had the flexibility and you're fluid enough to change it because you just knew what you needed three days out uh talk us through that
1: yeah and it comes back to knowing when to crush a workout and when to just let it go Yeah, and i think the old me would have just like let ego and stuff like all right we're in race season still We've still got to get a lot of the work in and i probably would have done too much and try to do more reps and so i think you just got to let the ego go a lot of the time and you're not feeling the workout and things and you're just not in it just it's okay just to just pull yourself in the session be like i'm done
0: especially when 10 days before it you ran 14:58. yeah
1: it's
0: like 10 days before that workout so like you knew you are fit the only possibility of overdoing it was to tie yourself out for um uh you knew you're ready so it was literally just a session to to flush out the legs turn the legs over you know tune the guitar kind of uh thing uh but yeah i think you applied yourself really well there but if we go back to the 5k what were your keys do you reckon to getting this result like if you reflect and i know it's a hard question because there's a lot that went into it but if you really honestly reflect to the runner that you are currently compared to say the runner that you were two years ago what's changed what are the big fundamental things that have changed um
1: i think backing myself to be there late in the race and I guess that comes from I like, it just means you don't panic. it, because during the race I'm like, alright, I can handle this pace. I don't need to be at the front. So I think I was fifth or sixth through the early laps. Right, I'm just gonna sit on the rail, it's gonna like this pace feels fine. I don't need to be right behind the pacer, just alright, let's just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Like I can just sit and wait for three laps to go, and then... So I think the calmness of letting the race unfold and being mature enough right, to understand how the race is actually unfolding as well, and not being reactive all the time. Because I think I've, I made smart moves when I had to, and just tuned off when nothing was happening. And I think that that's definitely one of the big keys. What
0: do you think, like obviously, Okay, that's a fantastic change, and I I, I agree. Like you, yeah, you made moves that were tactically warranted, and they weren't reactive and hot-headed, and uh, they were calm. You were calm, like you were composed under pressure, and made the moves that you needed to make. Um, what gave you the confidence to do that? Like obviously, like sometimes, like I feel like some people um, will be more confident and composed um if they're just they just know like just what made you feel like you know you could be there at the finish like what I were the things that made you believe that
1: i think having having a plan and having actually not just one plan and having multiple plans of how the race could unfold i think made it so no matter which way the race was run i could still put myself there whether it went out slow and it picked up, I felt like I, I'd be comfortable enough to make the move and still be able to fight for the finish. Or if it went out really quick, I was just going to sit on 5th sit and 6th like I did and just grind the laps out. and So I think I was prepared for multiple situations and, and confident in my racing ability, I think. Yeah, and so there must have been
0: like like we've said a few key sessions your 1500s uh your training at falls creek uh your two bays result all those things potentially are in your head you know Uh, uh a few technique sessions where you actually feel faster across the ground like you actually like feel like you're running different like that's what fosters change in your head like that's what makes you believe that you can do it like you have to experience those things yourself to actually change the way that you think
1: yeah right. it doesn't matter how many people say you can run quick yeah if you don't believe it you're not prepared to because it's a nerve-wracking thing someone goes run that quick and you go oh yeah maybe i could you're gonna sort of hesitate because it's a daunting thing to chase something where it could go wrong oh yeah yeah
0: um look you know exactly exactly um i was just gonna say the other thing is like last episode um also you said like you've you you learned a lot outside of um athletics at falls creek like you really um tried to um work on yourself um uh does that have any bearing on on your race result like do you think like um is that an aspect
1: to it I, th- I think so I think it'd be like it'd be hard to overlook that because I think that plays into everything but you get the confidence and then because all I was thinking is that this race like there's nothing there's n- type like when you're running it all you're thinking about is 12 and a half laps you're not thinking about another race or previous workouts or anything you just one lap after another you're trying to win and just it's just comes simple
0: yep yeah like so you just um focused on the present like that was what you've been
1: really trying to work on like uh yeah and really like even in the race thinking more just about myself and not what others are doing around me yep. it's, it's a matter of trying to run as fast as i can on the night yep and not worrying about oh are they going too slow are they going too quick it's put it's almost putting the onus on yourself to run fast and not trying to run off someone else's like idea of the race i guess if that makes sense yeah
0: yeah yeah for sure like i mean all you can do is control uh what you can control so um makes tons of sense um yeah i Moving on to say the World Cross Golden Ticket Race, like and and your road trip, so you went up there with Jess, um, Archie, and Bevan, um, and Billy was up there as well. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, how was that? That must have been a blast um, watching, you know, the World Cross Country in Bathurst, in Australia, watching some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, how was your road trip? How was the trip up there? How was the experience?
1: Yeah, that's definitely probably one of the most epic things I've been a part of and, and seen. Having yep. a like a home world championship with some of the fastest people in the planet in Australia and getting to watch them was just insane. And getting the opportunity to race on the course that they thirty six hours away to run around on. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, amazing, like, you'll never forget that, um, yeah, running actually on the World Cross Country Course, and then comparatively sort of, you know, looking at, um, you know, how fast and how easy they make it, and, um, look, and, uh, yeah, just being amongst it, and, um, rubbing shoulders, um, with some of your idols, I'm sure, like, uh, yeah, unbelievable experience, um how was the
1: car trip yeah it, it was long yeah yeah so we made the decision to drive off and make a bit of a road trip out of it and yeah so it, it was about a 12 hour trip with stops and everything so yeah we spent half the day traveling we got there at about nine thirty at night trying to find a food which is impossible yeah and then we're like well we still get a shakeout in, we, uh, yeah, we, we got a race tomorrow, so, yeah, 10.30 at night, out we go, like, oh, yeah. pretty warm, so, <laughs> none of us, shirts off, for all of <laughs> us, at 10.30 at night, running down the streets of Bathurst, was kind of a, <laughs> an epic introduction, to the, the whole trip, yeah,
0: <laughs> no, I think, um, it was a great experience, for all you guys, also, um, yeah, even stuff like that, like, what did you do for dinner, like,
1: uh, we had frozen meals from Woolworths because that was that was the best we could think of. But <laughs> after twelve hours of driving, I don't think anyone was making a logical decision.
0: Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, what tunes were on in the
1: car? Oh yeah, we uh, uh, days before Bevan come up with the idea of oh we'll make a make a Spotify playlist it would be better. Yeah. So between all of us, we'll just throw on songs in there. I think in the end we had probably. 12 13 hours worth of songs oh wow so so we pretty much had every song ever (laughs) ever made in this playlist (laughs) and uh yeah so from nine o'clock in the morning all day yeah we just had this one playlist on
0: nice um and then in the golden ticket race how good is that concept so like in the morning once on the friday uh you woke up and uh you went out to um yeah mount panorama and race the course that the world cross country was um to be on and you had a chance to be you know one of the seven uh i guess like uh invite athletes that if you crossed the across in the top seven you would have got the top opportunity to race the real race um how was that opportunity
1: yeah it was definitely an interesting concept and i don't think anyone really knew what it was going to be like a few people were like oh not many people turn up it's like it's No one's going to travel for that. But, I don't know, it seemed like, when we got to the start line, it seemed like a massive deal. And this wasn't just a, like, a small run. People were a lot of, pretty much the best Australian athletes all turned up. Yep. We had 80 people on the start line, on a single start line. I never had 80 people in a single line. And you look left and right, like, wow, these guys are legitimate top tier Australian athletes and were lining up against them. All fighting out for seven positions to make uh, essentially a wild card team for the World Championship cross country.
0: Yeah. Oh I know, yeah, it was um and yeah, you had like, you know, Liam Adams, Andre Waring, um yeah, like so Lucky Heard, um, Michael Roger, uh, Benny Saint Lawrence, Tom DeCanto, Ed Goddard, like yeah um such you know riley cox like some amazing amazing runners and um yeah i don't think you were completely disgraced either like um you ran really well pete and um uh put in an amazing effort and it looked like like a tough course hilly um you were dodging tires and (laughs) running through sand uh and uh yeah bevan and jess ran really well as well like i think you guys um a you know, mighty effort um
1: talk us through the race yeah because we we warmed up away from the course because i'd already kind of seen previews and heard how hard it was people yeah. talking like there's 11 12 gradient hills and yep. like let's warm up on the flat like let's not scare ourselves out of it and, but wow it was it was tough it's definitely and I know a lot of people will probably agree with you. it. It's probably the hardest course that they could have probably made. Yeah. And I know we spoke before the podcast that um, the runnable sections, like the good parts where you thought you could run quick, they, they threw the obstacles in to make oh, yeah. the easy parts hard. Yeah. And the hard parts seem even harder. Like there was they put like uh, all the landmark sort of thing on the course like there was a bondi beach section which was just like meters and meters of just pretty much a sandpit that you had to run through yeah beach. yeah and there was like a muddy section they were watering and yeah you had to yeah. you had to weave in and out of tires and just just fun like things that made the course fun but extremely challenging i think it, it was just a cool it was a cool event and a cool course to be running on and so what did
0: like so so you so i think jess was 25th you were 33rd Good. and bevan was
1: 38th I think. yeah
0: and what of if you reflect on the whole trip um oh, and arch archie you know archie came as well and he was it was a great experience for him um you know one of the youngest in our squad and uh just he, he said he absolutely had a ball and, and got a lot from the trip, but what did what do you reckon you learnt and the whole squad learnt from the trip?
1: Well, I, I feel like we learnt a lot. I feel like we learnt what it takes to be the best in Australia and potentially the world. Like, there's no... There's no easy way to get to a world championship cross-country. Like, you've got to be a real deal in yeah. this sport. Like, there's no... I guess there's no where to hide on a course like this is probably something we learned as well. Yeah. Like, you can quickly get exposed if you're not quite ready for a course like this.
0: And so you saw, like, Jess Howell run amazing and Ollie Hoare and Stewie McSwain and Abby Caldwell. Um, and then, yeah, there was heaps of amazing performances, um, uh, not just from the Australian side, but, like, I guess, like, you having the chance to run on the same course that they ran on um was awesome for you to uh i guess like um yeah just see how those athletes go about it
1: yeah and i definitely think it gave people like greater appreciation i think of how hard the course was yeah because the ones that struggled like i remember billy saying it was like it's remarkable how much damage can be done in 2k like one lap like people looked amazing and then they just didn't come back around and like things just like one thing or another probably led to them like not finishing but it just shows how how tough you really have to be to get it right
0: yeah yep yeah and it was quite hot and a few of the athletes um yeah looked like they were severely um dehydrated or had heat stroke um like, I uh, saw the Ethiopian Gide, um, yeah, 50 metres from the line, just suddenly just tumble, uh, um, go from first to being helped across the line and disqualified and fourth. Yeah, um, yeah like, yeah, it was really hot as well. So, yeah, I, like, I, it's interesting, like, it's not very far to run, but I think they were pushing themselves so hard. Yeah, is yeah. Um, yeah it's interesting how at that level like they were pushing them so so hard that they were actually responding like that
1: yeah yeah and I definitely think one of the biggest highlights was just the atmosphere yeah I, I don't think I've ever been to a running event like especially in Australia that's had so much crowd support and like just the atmosphere was insane yep like it was so loud, and which is something you don't see very often in australia but like we get good crowds but i, I feel like it put australian running and world running on the map having an event like this
0: yeah i mean it was fantastic for australian running um and i think that's um that real time experience um i've actually been able to like immerse into the event like so a lot of people had the opportunity to race on all the days and actually like see what the course felt like themselves and then see what the i guess the top runners in the world um did and that immersion and and interaction um uh you just don't get through a tv screen so i think it gave people a better perspective of um yeah i guess what it what it takes to be um or how amazing some of those runners are Um, because i think sometimes like you see them running on the screen and you don't really know how fast they're going so it doesn't really hit home um uh so yeah it was
1: yeah they were they were running up some of the hills like it was nothing okay. and yeah so it was just it was a cool experience to just to watch it all and see a race up close like that because i guess cross countries always have that appeal of where wow, these guys are amazing they're so tough like they're smashing a course that looks so hard, but like you said, you never really truly appreciate it looking at the screen how hard the course, like a course, is and how good some of the athletes are.
0: And you get a chance to talk to any um, of athletes that you sort of admire or look look up to.
1: I had a plan yeah. to get my singlet signed, yeah. but a freak thunderstorm decided oh. it wanted to roll <laughs> in, so. Yeah, things kind of. That was probably the disappointment of the whole thing, but you couldn't really avoid that. Is a thun- a freak thunderstorm coming through, and they have they had to kind of for safety reasons push the events through and get people out of there because the crowd was so big. Yep. How many do you think were there? Oh, There I couldn't even put a number on it. There was the whole venue was just the whole. F- uh, course was lined with people, which was crazy. You have to be tens of thousands surely.
0: Yeah. and um, what else? When you look back on the trip, did you take away from it? Like when you, um, when you're d- driving home, or when you're you know at work today? Like, what have you really taken from from the trip? What else?
1: Well, I don't know. Like the more trips we do. i think this is going to be a regular thing yeah it's just get in the car and just go somewhere i think you
0: found it really fun like even just outside of running yeah Yeah. i
1: think it's good to get away from the norm of like melbourne training and just melbourne work and life just even for four days just to get out and do something else like live in a different um combination yeah just like just hang out away from see different things yeah different yeah. town walk around different towns and yeah yeah so i think, I think remember this
0: is what th- this year's yeah, exactly. <laughs> <The> year is about for you the year of exploration yeah <laughs> um and so you've got one more ass meet for the season and a 3k coming up at box hill classic um and we thought that that might be enough um uh you've had a great season with the 1500s and uh putting yourself out there like right on the line every race that you've done and it's your first track season for a couple of years after a lot of work to get back to this level and and um you know a couple of decent injuries and a lot of self-doubt and um so i think um yeah rather than like getting greedy uh, i think we decided yeah just just do one more 3k um and see if you can get it get get that time um sort of maybe to the equivalent level of your 5k <laughs> yeah, yeah so
1: that's definitely because yeah there was definitely why we spoke about there's definitely options of doing more races like the the uh, open track and field races like championships were coming up thought maybe i run a 1500 maybe i'll do another 5k at the end of march and then after the 5k we decided let's do one one 3k That's the only thing that's missing, because I technically, well, you don't really count it, but my last 3K of the 5K was two seconds quicker than I've run before. So to leave it without running the PV, because officially I've run nine minutes, but 14.58 of 5K clearly is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> quicker than three in case yeah not many not many people in the same
0: season yeah go from nine minutes for 3k to 1458 for five um so it's pretty pretty it's a, that's a fun fact that's for sure um yeah no i think it's um yeah great goal to have another good race and just race it and see what comes out and whatever comes out comes out and and then you're due for a break a, yeah. w- a well-earned break yeah i yeah. think
1: two fifteen hundred 1500 pv is a 5k pv and then If I can finish off with a three K PV, that's that's pretty much tying the bow on a a great first track season back in three years.
0: Nice. Um. Yeah, and and then uh, I'm just wary of the time. We've probably got to wrap up. But um, who was the uh like on your trip to Bathurst of the squad? Who was the funniest um, uh, uh squad member?
1: Uh, or what was the funniest thing
0: that happened or what was something memorable
1: oh uh, i think i think anytime you're around like archie and just he <laughs> yeah. just uh he's just so innocent he just makes things he just makes light of everything <laughs> yeah like there's no like you really just had to be there to like we just we were all having fun yeah and i think like that was the main thing
0: oh 100 like um because remember yeah running is so much more than the performances it's It's the the road trips, it's the people that you hang around and the relationships you build. They get to know you pretty well, those people that um, you train with. Um, And yeah, Archie's a classic. I remember when um, his mum brought him to the squad at the start. She's like, oh, he'll make you laugh. Like, there'll be something funny every training session. And and she's been pretty spot on. Um, Like, I still remember the long run that he, um, yeah, he thought he um, had one of his uh, acne tablets but it was a sleeping tablet so he had a sleeping tablet like an hour before the long run <laughs> and i just remember remember being so tired in that run and saying oh archie don't worry it was from the tan relays um and you raced an 800 a few days ago as well so you just exhausted from that and he's like no no i feel really tired i just want to stop in the gutter here and lay <laughs> down So and, I, and meanwhile you and bevan were way out in front and we were just sort of like ambling our way back to the car and and then in the i got a message yeah once we got back to the car and and uh, yeah we got back home and his mum's like you wouldn't believe it um (laughs) he's taken a sleeping tablet an hour before the long run and (laughs) i mean (laughs) but yeah stuff like that happens with archie all the time and yeah he's an absolute legend and yeah uh yeah exactly it's those moments like stuff like that they're the they're the parts that um yeah
1: and i reckon uh happened to Pretty much threshold our way back from bathurst to the combination was in through the thunderstorm was probably a highlight yeah because yeah we thought it would be a good idea it was like oh parking's gonna be real busy it's like 35 degrees we'll just walk it's like a good day yeah surely it's not gonna rain no one checked the weather or anything and we get there and we're like well we're the only one here that doesn't have a car <laughs> and we have to go 2k uphill back to the combination and yeah it just started bucketing down it was thundering and lightning and wanted it felt like it was going to hail and it was just like all right stuff in backpacks and let's let's go <laughs> so yeah i think uh at one point bevan's like oh we're doing we're doing two fifties <laughs> like, i don't think this is sustainable
0: right now <laughs> lucky you guys can run <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's a useful talent Mate, I'm going to leave it there and um, next time we catch up it'll probably be after the track season and maybe leading to the cross-country season. Talk about what your goals are going forward and where you're at um, so it'll be down the track um, and we might whip out the reflection cards again and and, uh, try to stump you on a few questions. Um, But yeah, thanks for the chat, Pete.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back.